Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and in this episode of Major League Baseball Picks, along the price to make for good bets using the predictive mathematical model that I've built, affectionately known as Sideline, for games scheduled to be played on Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswithprofessor.com new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections of picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Cost is under $1 per day. You'll get run lines, money lines, first fives, totals, all sorts of goodies, and, of course, exclusive access to our Discord chat. We got people talking about all sorts of other sports as well as, of course, the ones we cover here. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game that does not try to forecast it to a T as that'd be a foolish and impossible goal. There are no right sides or wrong sides, rather prices where any side should be played. Whether using my model or someone else's, this sort of probabilistic thinking is key to growing your bankroll instead of draining it. There are ups and downs, but with this sort of thinking, those things balance in the long run, but are just hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur, so the long run profitability has been proven, winning every single day is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, we lamented yesterday <clears throat> these situations where sometimes, you know, a team gets blown out. And, of course, we ended up with three down-to-the-wire one-run games. One of them decided on a walk-off. Uh, one of them, the road team, uh, the two of them decided on a walk-off, right. I guess. And then the one of them, the other one, the road team won. So it's impossible for them to have walked it off. Um I feel like we were all around everything yesterday, and that's just kind of how it's felt as of late, where it's like we're all around it and just can't get much to show for it. That's going to turn. I feel like the process is right there. It's Again, it's been proven in the long run. It's just last night I feel like kind of describes the last two weeks where we talked about the Reds first. We liked the picks the night before, so the first five markets aren't out yet, and so at that point, we weren't able to make the official paper. Talked about the Reds' first five. That, of course, hits. We talked about the Rangers over. That hits with ease. Uh, you know, we were all around it and just kind of on the wrong side of uh, a couple of walk-offs. Jake, uh, you, you got some magic dust you can sprinkle, and we can uh, turn that around and get the one-run victories today, maybe? Well, I've been trying to find it. I, I just I can't find it at the moment. This, uh, Obviously, got to listen to what I say too. I should have jumped all over that Texas Rangers over because that was over by the third inning. Second, second so, inning. Yeah, I just well, I, say, I think it was, it was yeah, it was four. I think it was four four by the second, which meant it guaranteed us uh, to get to the ninth run by that point. Yeah, and I think by the third, it you know had gotten over even more. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's sometimes tough, right? When when you say a lot of things and you think through it and and whatnot, and then you got to make one decision or whatever, and it's it's the constant thing we talk about, right? Uh, how how much do you decide you're gonna do more wagers in order to reduce that variance and avoid that outcome. The downside of courses and you're spreading yourself a little bit thin. You don't have your money quite as much on, on the good, on, on the top picks. It's just, it's like we're talking about the stock portfolio, et cetera. It's a decision every better has to make. How many bets do you want to make? Uh, and, and it's tough. And it, it's, it's, you know, we talk about consistency. 
mainly for your own sanity, right? It's kind of like have your process. If you try to, if you overreact to a night like last night and then decide you're going to change something up, if you zig and zag the wrong way, you will literally lose your mind. So at some point, it's just trying to find the process that works for you. Uh, you know, hopefully you viewer find out or finding a process that works for you, Jake. Hopefully, you know, you've got your own process to keep saying in times like this. I, 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 I looked it up after the show so i think i dropped in yesterday's comments a grade plays have been profitable 13 of the 17 weeks this mlb season i think one of them was up like a tenth of a unit so that really doesn't count really it's like 12 4 and 1 <laughs> um but last week was just brutal and of course starting off yesterday wasn't a lot of fun either so uh totals have been doing well the a grade plays have been doing well uh, despite this little hiccup, uh, hopefully we'll we'll get back on the on the right uh, track here today. But before we get to today's game, some quick reminders: please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the MLB, college basketball, college football, or coming this fall NFL content. This channel provides. You can see how I scale picks in the Google Sheet that has the season results, all sorts of team metrics, pitcher metrics, etc. That links in the show description. There's always a scaling in with the picks. Take what you like and leave the rest. Jake, we're going to return to the game that was good to us last night, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Orioles at the Phillies. A slightly warm night. Another night, like we talked about yesterday, where we expect the weather to boost the number of runs. Yesterday, you didn't quite see that play out on the field with a lower scoring game. But the model says that the runs should increase by about 7% based on a slight breeze out to center field. A little bit less than yesterday, more in the five-mile-an-hour range around 80 degrees, upper 70s for this one. Chance of rain a little bit stronger than yesterday, though, so we might see this one start late, might see a little bit of a delay, might miss completely, you never know, but definitely some rain in the forecast, so something to keep an eye on and be thinking about. Uh, I tend to try to, on Twitter, retweet good weather updates, especially before the game, especially for those of you playing DFS. Uh, so so hit me up on Twitter, and that um, is on the show, the, the screen there you, you can see the handle there it's at professor shines uh pitchers kyle gibson and taiwan walker two guys with eras in the fours two guys with underlying metrics very similar for this season gibson projects to be the better pitcher based off historical data uh but when you look at the eras there's a difference of uh, a little over half a run but according to the model uh it's actually flipped that walker's been a little bit lucky gibson been a little bit unlucky but somewhere around average for both of these pitchers Obviously, the bullpen goes in the Orioles' favor. Bautista, given the night off last night, should be fresh to go tonight, which is obviously a huge deal for the Orioles. Model says this is a wrong team favored game, that the Orioles should be favored by the price of minus 125. Anything nearing uh, plus odds is easy A-grade pick. This is the biggest edge on the board. Uh, it's not the A-plus play of the day, um, simply because I love two of them, and I gave you, Jake, I gave you the opportunity. I said, you pick one of them, and I'm going to put the other as the play of the day. You pick this one to talk about on, on game. The other one's the A-plus play of the day. Two massive edges. This is one of them. Plus odds on the Orioles. Uh, Jake, am I missing something here? I feel like I don't understand why we're getting such a great price on Baltimore, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. Uh, I mean, the pitchers are – I lean Kyle Gibson as the better pitcher, but they're kind of more or less a wash. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but then, I mean, the Orioles have been good all year. I, I just, they just get disrespected just like we talked about yesterday. They, they came through and won. I, and that was without Bautista. They had to throw him back into this bullpen mix, and that's really going to be tough if the Phillies don't jump on them early and – Walker's not the kind of guy to really shut him down. He's not been that kind of pitcher for a minute. 
And I mean, he's he's had some rough goes here against some like good like the good offenses like Rays. The Rays put up four on him. Milwaukee put up four. I mean, the the Cubs and the Mets of his last five starts are the only ones that he really did well against, and those are offenses that absolutely terrify you. <laughs> but, I, but I just like like I said, I don't I don't understand why the books hate the Orioles. I don't know if they're just like, hey. We like you all and want you to keep betting with us, so we're going to give you this one team all year. That's we're just not going to do the right lines on. That's the only logic I can come up. It, it, it's and it's we've talked about the Orioles a lot, and they've been good to us uh, going back to last year. Just a team that if you just blind back them every game, and, and I'm not saying you should do that, but I mean it. It, it reminds me of uh, we did it with the Mariners and the Guardians last year a little bit, where. By this point of the season, uh, it was becoming clear they just almost every night. And there were a couple of times, I think, I remember last year we faded those teams, but it was pretty rare that we did for the most part. It was just constantly backing. The Orioles are in the same boat. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. At minimum, you know, you, you you should make this game like minus 105, minus 105 and say kind of a we don't really know. But I, I, I think the Orioles should be favored in this one. Plus odds makes no sense. Lock this in last night. Right now, the price is 10 cents worse than this. So again, uh, saving dimes left and right over on Dub Club. If you're with us there, sign up links in the show description, get better prices on things before numbers move. But, uh, you, you know, even at plus uh, right now, I'm seeing plus 108. Still a fantastic investment. Still a huge edge on the Orioles that I absolutely love. Jake, my, my question for you on this game involves Tywin Walker, and you kind of mentioned it. Uh, two of his last three starts kind of going the wrong direction against the Brewers and the Rays. But the starts before that, he had five starts in a row, and you were starting to wonder, was he putting it together? Five starts in a row where he allowed a combined three runs. One of those outings, he went eight innings. Walker's always been this kind of up-and-down guy. You being a fan of the Braves, you've seen a little bit of him in the NL East. You know, I'm just curious your thoughts on him where he has that stretch. He looks like he's putting it together. Last three starts a little bit worse. Is this just kind of what he is, or is there any hope of – Tywin Walker's always seemed to be a guy that people thought could put it together and thought could be a, you know, number two to number three type pitcher, uh, you, you know, is there any thought of maybe he's going to really put it together? Or at this point, is it just we've got to give up on that dream? He is what he is, and he's just an average pitcher who's going to have some good stretches and bad stretches. I'm curious your take on him. Yeah, I've, I'm in the boat that he's just an average pitcher but that has really good flashes and just mm-hmm. teases people and, and good for him because that's going to get him paid longer than he probably should be paid where he's at. But – it's just I've never seen him hold that together. It wouldn't surprise me if he did because, I mean, to have those good flashes, that means you have the talent. It means something. Yeah, something's there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's a mental thing or what, like something like something crazy like that. But uh, he's good, but I just don't think he'll ever be – I think the lows are always counter the highs, and he's just going to be a very, very average pitcher. And and we're going to talk next about the White Sox. It kind of reminds me, I feel like, of every White Sox starter is that way, right? That high and low roller coaster. If you're a White Sox fan, that's going to make you, you know, pull your hair out. Uh, there, there's definitely two types of average pitcher. There's the average run-of-the-mill guy who's just going to go out there every night and give you six innings and probably give up, you know, one to three runs and never have those flashes. But, you know, you know, low ceiling, high floor, right? I mean, you have a guy like Walker who has always been a, a tantalizing prospect, some great stuff, some great stretches, but you always just – something seems to get in the way obviously a lot of injuries and I think that's why when you look at his age you know most people would say there's no why are you holding on to any can he get this together it's like well how many full healthy seasons has he had for this point of his age is not very many um but you you know I I I, like I said I looked at those starts those five in a row 
and you're thinking, oh gosh, like is he actually going to be what a team like the Phillies need? They need something to really turn this season around. Very disappointing coming off of last year. And of course, these last starts kind of scuffling a little bit. Uh, and like you mentioned, some of those were against weaker offenses. So part of it could be that too, a guy who's just going to more dominate weaker teams. As far as offense, above average. Uh, they've been really good to us, plus odds on them. I, you know, at some point, we just got to stop. Because it's, it's like the Mariners and the Guardians last year. You just stop questioning it. You just take it move on. You know it's not going to win every single night. But uh, the Orioles have been a fantastic team to back this year. And tonight uh, seems like no different. Uh, you know, we're probably going to be in the Orioles in X-A2, right? <laughs> just because that's the way this seems to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, will, I don't see it not, not being on the Orioles. Right. Uh, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. Cubs and the White Sox at a rivalry here, of course, in Chicago. We're going to have... Kyle Hendricks and Michael Kopech in this one. Hendricks, 338 ERA. Underlying metrics suggest it should be in the mid-fours. A pitcher who's definitely due for some regression, but I'd say the exact same thing about Michael Kopech. 429 ERA. Underlying metrics suggest it should be in the low fives. Kopech is a guy who so much potential, but too many walks, too many pitches, doesn't go deep enough. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about him later on, but definitely an edge to the Cubs in the starting pitcher department. Bullpen-wise, I think the White Sox bullpen is still the one thing that's kind of hanging on to them as good. That's today. This is July 25th. By a week from now, I have to assume that bullpen should be gutted. They should be trying to move a bunch of those guys and get some prospects. This White Sox offense now well below average. Cubs offense still around average. Cubs are one of the handful of teams that have no idea if they're going to be buyers or sellers. It looked like probably sellers, and you know, and then now maybe they're playing a little bit better. And now there's talk of maybe extending Bellinger. Who the heck knows what they're going to do, uh, especially in an NL Central that is just a disaster of a mess. Uh, every time you turn around, none of those teams want to get it together. Should be. An average weather day in that park based off of the expected number runs a little warmer but a slight breeze in so it should kind of counteract itself jake we're going to be on the cubs here at minus 105 a grade pick current price right around this number this is one of those fun things you know yesterday when i ran the model uh it reached that a grade threshold now the a grade threshold is minus 103 so technically now it would be a b plus we locked this in as an a last night it's right around that threshold we have to make cut points somewhere but whether this is an A- minus or a B-plus pick, again, the current B picks are like what the old A picks be. I just kind of split them into two tiers. So still a strong pick here on the Cubs. Uh, around even money models says they win 54% of the time and that they should be priced at minus 119. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, I, I like the Cubs here, especially with this. I think this is a lot of value. I, I just don't think the White Sox are as motivated as normal. I, I think with the trade deadline, they know a lot of them are probably going to be moving soon. Uh, and like you said, COVID has so many runners on base, just like free runners that he walks. And it's just yeah. that that always comes back to bite you. It doesn't matter because it's either you've thrown way too many extra pitches and can't go deep or that solo home run is now a two-run home run or something like that. And like Bellinger is really playing well at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so happy to have him on my fantasy team. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, but my luck, he's going to get shipped to the AL. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but either way, like he's he's really he's helping the Cubs out a lot because if he gets traded, they don't extend him. He's going to bring back a lot with the, how he's playing. Uh, and I mean, I just think this Cubs team is good enough to beat this White Sox team because this White Sox team is just it's rough. The South Side of Chicago is is a not a fun place to be a fan of right now because mm. they they are they're not fun to watch. They're they seem to just lose in incredible ways over the last few years. It's just been painful to be a fan. 
Yeah, and of course, I think the smart decision would be for the Cubs to sell at this point, but you never know how it's going to play out. The Angels were kind of in the same boat, had a little hot streak playing the right teams at the right time, and now it's, you know, they're looking more like like uh, buyers and or at least hold, and the Cubs are kind of in the same boat now where it's like probably the smart decision is to sell, but with the NL Central kind of being such a mess as it is, it's one of those things where – you know, they're going to, they're probably going to wait until the very end, I think, to make that decision. If they end up rolling off four or five straight wins, making up a few games, and they're all of a sudden they're four or five back, you know, come July 30th, it's a little bit of a different story than if, uh, you know, they have a rough series here and they end up 10 back at that point. Uh, so, you know, definitely a lot of intrigue there. And of course, the intrigue on the South side is just who's going to get traded and what they're going to get back. Because at this point, they have to, uh, you know, try to try to build for the future. Uh, we talked about those White Sox pitchers and how frustrating they've got to be to watch that'll take us to our player prop of the day jake we just somehow missed the under and belak strikeouts last night i don't really know how everything went like we were hoping he gave up a lot of runs he didn't make it through five innings and a guy who averages under seven strikeouts per nine somehow ended up with five k's in four and two thirds that's just gambling and sometimes that happens right where it's like everything plays out just like you're hoping we have a similar play today with michael kopech under five and a half strikeouts this is a situation where we're backing this under of course first off to point out uh the price there minus 102 obviously love those odds he had a nice little stretch here four games in a row where he got nine or ten strikeouts but other than that he's been around this four or five number for the most part and the biggest thing i want to highlight it's the same thing we highlighted yesterday with Belek is the innings pitched is that he's been walking too many people that two tenths of an inning start or two uh, two thirds of an inning start uh, was against your Braves and that had nothing to do with injury that was just he got shelled and part of it was exactly what you said free passes then he gives up a home run and that game the home run happened to be a grand slam and just got demolished we tried his under and strikeouts against the Mets last week missed it by one the books have upped this number uh, the Cubs can strike out a little bit absolutely but You know, this is simply a smart pick, in my opinion, at this price based off of you see the number of times he's made it between four and five innings. That gives us a really good chance for him to land right at five strikeouts and stay under this number. Obviously, a chance he can get to six if he goes five because he is a high strikeout guy. But uh, with what we've seen from him, he is just all over the map. Those walks drive his pitch count up, and that just makes it tough to get the strikeouts. I think there's a little bit of value in this number because Kopech's kind of that tantalizing high strikeout guy. And so people in, you know, the the books know that people are going to want to bet his over. So they kind of adjust that line and the odds appropriately. But with how few, if he can ever put it together and stop walking people, this is a guy who's going to, who's going to get, you know, nine, 10 strikeouts a game, but that doesn't happen. He had that four game stretcher. He was able to put it together, but that's not the Michael Kopech we've seen. Uh, Jake, you have anything to add here on Kopech under five and a half strikeouts near even money? Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like the play. I like I don't, the Cubs aren't that big of a strikeout team. Um, they've been kind of, that's one of the reasons their offense has been playing better. They haven't been striking out as much recently. Uh, and Kopech, man, I think he would benefit so much from being, from being traded. Because I think a new area, like a new catcher, a new pitching coach, might solve that walking issue he's got. But I just really think it's a smooth play. Yeah, and, and the cut, like you talked about, they overall in the season, you know, a little bit on the higher than strikeouts. Uh, I haven't looked at the trends. If the trends are going in the right direction, then that's good news. The Cubs have been a team that's been up and down all season, and that can be thing that really boosts the offense, right? If they are able to cut down on the strikeouts, uh, you know. And the other thing too, of course, with a guy like Kopech is the Cubs. They know the game plan. The game plan is foul pitches off, stay alive. 
he will walk you if you can, you know, anything near the zone, just foul it off. He will eventually walk you. Even if you strike out, do it on 10 pitches, drive his pitch count up, get him out after four. The White Sox bullpen solid but game one of a series. Your game plan as a team on a guy like this is get him out as fast as you can, get that bullpen working, and give yourself the advantage for not only that game, but the next couple of games of the series. And so uh, the game plan it has to be uh, advantageous for us here. And, of course, everyone knows Ian Skopek, and that's why, for the most part, he hasn't been going over a strikeout total except for that small stretch because people know how to attack him and how to keep him from going deep, which prevents him from getting strikeouts. Uh, under 5.5, here is our prop of the day. If you want to take advantage of what I was just showing there on the screen at outlier.bet you can do so with a seven day free trial signing up at outlier.bet slash professor outlier integrates seamlessly with the big four domestic sports books allowing you to shop for the best prices on all sorts of props i only talk about the pitcher props but they've got all sorts of hitter props and over under on your triples. I don't know, whatever you want. They've got all sorts of great information over there with all sorts of good data. Again, check them out. The free trial at outlier.bet slash professor. That link's also in the show description. And if you aren't already playing daily fantasy, you can check out Thrive Fantasy. It's a partner of Pitch the Professor. Pick an entire lineup of players and enter a contest against one, two, five, ten other people. Uh, if you want to enter against more people, bigger payout, or just pick a couple props. And if they win, you win. You use, use the promo code sides or the sign-up link in the show description. You get a 100% instant first deposit match, $250. So sign up today if you haven't yet. Jake, it's going to take us to our... Last game of the day here, a late one, Blue Jays at the Dodgers. And personally, I think there is so much to talk about this one. I, I feel like we're going to talk about this game for 10 minutes. Uh, there's just so many great points to dive into. A Dodgers team that we have not talked a lot about. The model's been mostly in line with the sports books and mostly just been saying the prices are pretty well on average. For the last about month or so, there's only been a couple of spots we've been playing or fading the Dodgers, one of the teams that we've been mostly off of. A, a Dodgers team that I, I think personally, we're talking about this a little bit before show. I don't know what your take is on this, but it, it seems like the narrative around them was how they, they struggled out of the gate, you know, weren't leading the division at whatever date you want to pick for the first time since, you know, the Truman administration or whatever it is, right? And and all of a sudden, I looked up at the standings yesterday and there's six games out and for five games out in front and that record's pretty shiny. All of a sudden this team is just kind of slowly kind of, in my opinion, quietly, uh, you know, just kind of truck it along despite all of the starting pitching injuries that they've had. It'll be a warm night tonight in LA, a little bit warmer than usual starting off at mid eighties. We're getting in late July into August. You'll sometimes see some hotter days out in Los Angeles. Wind will be blowing out like it usually does slight boost to the runs. The real reason that you should expect runs in this game, though, is the fact that both of these offenses are above average and both of these pitchers are are decent, but not quite up to par with the opposing offenses. Chris Bassett, 392 ERA. That's been rising as the season's gone along. Underlying metrics suggest it should be in the low four. So it's mostly gotten to where you think it should be, but definitely trending right towards league average, which probably spells doom facing this Dodgers offense. Julio Urias, a guy just like Tony Gonsolin, I've talked for a long time now, massively overrated, not nearly as good as his ERA, not nearly as good as his win-loss record, and you're seeing it this year, 75 innings pitched and a 5.02 ERA. Now, I do think he's been a little bit unlucky this year, as opposed to years past where he's been very lucky having some incredible results, but when you looked under the hood, you knew it couldn't last, sure enough, it hasn't lasted into this year. Some of it's injury, but the underlying metrics still suggest his ERA should be in the low four, so probably not as bad as that 
that ERA has looked this year, but not never as good as people might have thought he was. A good pitcher, not a great pitcher, and still against a very above-average Blue Jays offense that's still a little bit right-handed heavy, so should be able to take advantage of that. Expecting a lot of runs tonight, but the Dodgers at minus 147 just eke into a C-grade pick, and Jake, I kind of like taking the Dodgers even at a C-grade. We haven't backed the Dodgers a lot, so this is one of those situations where I always talk about Cousin Jared. He's always a guy who just knows the model and looks at, pays attention to this stuff more I think, than you and I do and can look at it and say, well, we never back this team. The model likes this team. Maybe this is a situation. model never likes backing Urias. Maybe this is a situation where he could back him. And so this is one that the model doesn't have a great edge, but when you know how the model's been treating the Dodgers and Urias both, you have to think maybe there's a little more value than the model thinks here at a price like this. Just ekes into some value models as the Dodgers win about 60% of the time. If it gets under minus 140, that would get it to a B grade. I'm also liking this over nine. Model projects 10.1 runs. Again, these offenses are just really good, and I'm just not sure these pitchers. These pitchers are both good. I mean, they're both solid, above-average pitchers, but these offenses should be able to take advantage again on what's going to start out at least as a warm night in Los Angeles. Jake, you got a lot of points to talk about there. You, you, the, the, the world is your oyster as to where you want to go with this one. Like, I, I just think the Dodgers like offense is just so, so loaded and it's, it's got to be terrifying that those first uh, the top six, those first two innings uh, or two out of every three innings is going to be miserable. Um, and if the lineup flips over, it's, it's very, very mean. Uh, and I mean, the Blue Jays have a very good offense too. And these pitchers are good, but not good enough to shut either of these offenses down. So I think there'll be a ton of runs. And I just trust the Dodgers offense to show up more. I think they are, they can do it in more ways. They can absolutely beat you with power. And then with guys like Freeman and Betts and stuff, they can also just pass the baton around and have a huge rally and put up crazy numbers. Like it's, I just think the Dodgers team has done incredibly well despite all their pitching woes between injuries or guys not being as good as they thought. Like the Noah Syndergaard experiment, I know he's hurt right now, but I, I, it's not, I think he's done. I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's not done well in the rehab starts from what I've read. And uh, it's just, I, I don't know how the, I, it stinks that this team might not get it together to be good and uh, put a good playoff run in because pitching really helps in the playoffs. So it's just, mm-hmm. but I think they're good enough to beat this uh, Blue Jays team. Dodgers second in baseball run scored this season. And that's not a fluke. Uh, You know, when you look at this offense, they they, they grade out almost two standard deviations above average, according to sideline. We've known their offense is good. Jake, what surprises me most about this offense is the, they've had a couple of injuries to the offense, not nearly what's to the starting pitchers, of course, but night in and night out, it seems like the bottom three of this Dodgers lineup, depending on who's out and who's sometimes the bottom four, uh, sometimes even the bottom five on, on the right day doesn't feel that strong and yet they keep scoring i don't know if those guys are maybe just performing a little bit better than i expect we were talking about a little bit before show that the scary thing if you're facing them is that bottom of the lineup not very good but when when you know when when a couple guys on that bottom line accidentally get on in the same inning you're like oh my gosh this is going to be a five spot right here when you roll it around to, to mookie and freeman with guys on base, uh, they just keep doing. And like I said, it doesn't seem, they seem like, a, like the Padres. I, it, they seem very similar, very top heavy, some great names at the top of that lineup, uh, weaker at the bottom. And yet the Padres offense just scuffling, um, not just because of the park, you know, and, and the Padres just a, a disappointment. This Dodgers offense has been the reason a hundred percent that they've, uh, that they're in first place because the pitching, 
was supposed to also be incredible as well. And I think it is if they can ever get healthy. But, you know, again, Walker Bueller out, Dustin May out. For now, Clayton Kershaw out. Urias has been bad and out. Gonsolin's been bad and out. Every Literally every starting pitcher has been – Syndergaard, every starting pitcher has been hurt uh, and or – uh, bad Kershaw it's, it's been Kershaw in the offense and now Kershaw's out right so it's like this offense yeah. is doing what it needs to do and like I said you look at the names and like I said this seems drastically different than the Padres but my goodness the results are so different I, I can't explain why I don't know if you can no no I, I just think that's baseball like it, it just the and it's one of those things like it, it kind of feels uh psychological right between the two teams mm. you know like a couple things go bad and then and like it just becomes contagious on the Padres and things so go well on the Dodgers and it becomes contagious like I, that's the only thing I wouldn't even think but I, I'm not a psychologist by any stretch so <laughs> And baseball's long been a, a, assessed as a mental game, right? You know, there's the Yogi Bear quotes uh, to, to go on that one. And uh, yeah, I don't. It, it's it's fascinating in human psychology and sport in general. Uh, you know, up the up seasons, down seasons, and how that plays out. But yeah, it's like the Padres just can't get it going for them. And when when the when one thing comes hit through, the other one falls apart. The Dodgers as you know, should have been this should have been the season the Dodgers can't win the division because of all those pitching injuries. And yet this offense has been carrying them. That's part of the reason why we like the over, part of the reason we like the Dodgers. And again, only a C grade value, but again, I think a pretty smart pick based off of knowing how the model treats them and Urias again, still standing by not as good as he was in years past, uh, but definitely better than that ERA. Uh, would indicate for this season. Jake, that's our three games for today. Do you have any parting words for the viewer for their Tuesday? No, I, I just I need today to be a lot better than yesterday because yesterday was me with the one run games. Like, I, like either blow me out or let me win. I don't I don't want the in between. <laughs> And, and it's funny you mentioned that we've talked about Mondays, Monday continuing to struggle with Mondays. And yet last night there was a there was a moment in time last night where I thought I don't really think there's anything to the Mondays. I think it's the short slate and the short slate just creates more variance and the, it's just, the variance hasn't gone our way on Mondays. That happens. I don't think there's anything magical about Mondays. The model isn't just bad on Mondays. That would, that would be kind of absurd and doesn't make a ton of sense, right? There was a moment last night. Uh, Reds were up 2-1. to one, Rangers were up 9-6. Uh, and, the, and the Orioles were either up or tied. And I was like, we're going to have a good Monday. And then... Apparently that was my, apparently my thought did it. I should not have thought that that's on me. Everyone, I, you know, I, next week, next Monday, if things go well, I will not have that thought. I'll probably, probably just turn off the TV and probably just be like, I can't even watch this, you know, uh, go, go do something else because uh, I, I, I feel like it was on me that, you know, we, we it was going well. And then I, I, I got optimistic and then, uh, got one run game to death. Uh, we talk about the ups and downs. It doesn't make it like I always say though. It doesn't make it any easier to stomach it. The, the ups are so much more fun for sure. Uh, it, the good regressions coming uh, again. If you're, if you're still with us here, if you're still watching at the 30 minute mark, uh, like I said, just remember the a grade plays uh, 13 out of 17 weeks total still been profitable. Uh, I don't know the number on that one exactly, but uh, you know, I think the ROI on the totals is better than the ROI on the a grade sides. So, uh, you know, things are still going over well overall in the season. Just a, a rough little stretch here. We'll bounce back out of it, uh, hopefully today. But you just never know. There's ups and downs in gambling. It's the way it goes. Uh, Jake, uh, it was good to see you again. We'll we'll trade you out for Cousin Jared tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, we'll see you again. Nice upgrade. 
I mean, for, for some an upgrade, for some a downgrade, depends especially on what <laughs> metric you're using. You're using the beard metric. I mean, I think you've definitely got him beat on that one. Uh, and, and especially in the background as well. Your background with the with the pennants is really nice. So, I mean, a lot of metrics, I think you've got him as We'll have to do a tail of the tape between you and Cousin Jared one day. <laughs> but that's all we've got for this episode of Pigs with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can control the sports betting content. Right on this channel, drop right into your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more sports betting tips. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.